You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Go. Uh, Go. We're here. Podcast. Go. We're we're podcasting. My name is Ben Sternke. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Gravity Leadership, and I'm here with uh, the other co-founders of Gravity Leadership, Ben Hardman and Matt Tevy. Uh, say hello, co-founders, gentlemen. Co-founders checking in. Here, too. Co-founders. Reporting for duty. Co-founder rings, activate. Here's what I'd like to know. I'd like to know each of your life verses from high school. Thank Jeremiah you. 29, 11. I, know I, had to, I went to a conservative Christian high school where I had to write verses as punishments, so uh, <laughs> it may not... We may not have enough time on the podcast to get into that uh, today. <laughs> what was the verse you had to write as punishment, Ben? I I repeatedly used the like the dog returning to his vomit. <laughs> uh, I used that one quite a bit. I thought that was a fun one. It's a good one. You guys, yeah. Like, little known fact: Hardman has not been able to read his Bible uh, as since, a pastor ever since, <laughs> since the so, Christian high school. Yeah, he just uh, takes other people's sermons. Nothing online. better than using the Bible to shame. And punish sixteen-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was good mm-hmm. enough for you. Look how you turned out. Hey, I, I, uh, I don't have a life verse because I wasn't in high school. I wasn't a Christian in high school. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I had good old non-religious shame to bring me up, not religious shame. But I remember preaching one time and kind of joking. I was preaching First Corinthians fourteen, mm. and uh, I, I joked that First Corinthians fourteen eighteen was my life verse, and like most of the people in the congregation laughed. And that's the verse where Paul says, "I praise God that I speak in tongues more than any of you." <laughs> <laughs> that's good, right? Yeah. So this yeah. woman comes up to me afterwards, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, I've been praying that God would send me someone who can help me speak in tongues." Oh no. And she goes, "And Pastor, I'm just so glad I was here. She's a visitor. I'm so glad oh. I was here today." And I was like, "Uh." I was being sarcastic, <laughs> and you saw her face just fall. Yeah, and she was distraught, despondent, oh, and she never returned. Oh, that's how I feel when you make jokes most of the time, Matt. 
despondent. See, if she would have come back, my humor would have grown on her, but she didn't. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. It's still my favorite podcast review. Matt's humor grows on you. <laughs> like, look, it, look it up on iTunes if you look up our, our reviews, if you just scroll through them. We've got 50, I don't know, 50-some. Uh, and if, by the way, <laughs> if you're still listening to this podcast and uh, you want to give us a rating and review, uh, that really does help us uh, get discovered by uh, new people and grow our community. So, um, But that one is my favorite, um, among others. There's a few other uh, favorites I have. So, Anyway, uh, if you leave a rating and review, yours could be a new favorite. We could mention it on the podcast. <laughs> we got some events coming up. We do. Uh, do you want to give a little info about that? Yes. So uh, this coming weekend um, is our Enneagram workshop, Introduction to the Enneagram. Uh, the Enneagram is a ancient uh, tool that uh, we have found tremendous help in uh, spiritual formation, in our marriages, in our friendships, uh, in our uh, everyday lives. And so uh, we're, we're doing that. That's been something that um, I've been... Uh, I've been exploring for probably 15 years. Um, my sister brought an Enneagram book on our family vacation uh, several years ago, and we've been uh, kind of exploring it ever since. So uh, that, that'll be a link to that will be in the show notes. That's in Atlanta this weekend, August 17th and 18th. And then we've got Prayer School with Brian Zond in New York City. Uh, that is coming up on September 14th and 15th. Again, the link is in the show notes. Uh, it would be great if you could come and join us for one of those or both of those events uh, if you're in the vicinity. Uh, we've also got uh, coaching groups, uh, coaching cohorts that are starting. Gravity Leadership Academy coaching cohorts are always starting. We've got kind of a rolling start uh, as people become interested. And so if you're interested in that, we'll put a link in the show notes. That really is our, our most transformative vehicle for, um, yeah, for just kind of learning to do the things that we're talking about on this podcast. So uh, if you uh, have time and inclination, check those things out. Um, today, uh, we want to do a little bit of a follow-up uh, from our podcast last week when we talked about developing a culture or creating a culture of development, not excellence. Um, we were talking Hardman with you about the situation of a, of a growing church and the tensions that you felt. And we talked about some of the practical issues in, in terms of like discipling people to become leaders and developing people. And uh, we got a comment uh, from Eric on the last episode that um, I think brought up, you guys can go read it if you'd like. It's, uh, I'm not going to read the whole comment. But um, it brought up an interesting issue, I think, because... Wait, he, are you telling me to go read it? You're talking to our listeners. Our listeners, yeah. Oh, on, yeah, yeah. oh, the comment is on our. The comment is on the web is on the podcast episode. Yeah, which we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Great, but it's or you know you could just go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read it too because I want to know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Be up to speed. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the issue uh, the issue that Eric brought up was was to say, hey, um, I, I'm assuming you're not talking about this, but what's the difference between developing someone as a disciple of Jesus? into their gifting and their calling, and trying to clone yourself, uh, trying to basically uh, create a, a copy of yourself uh, when, it, when it comes to uh, discipleship. And so I, I think some of the metaphors we've used for this, like reproduction, sometimes we talk about replicating ourselves, um, can probably indicate some of those issues. Um, but, I, but I think it, I thought it'd be worth talking about and just saying like, well, what, what is the difference uh, between cloning and discipleship. What's the difference between development and um, copying? Yeah, this I think this is a great question because in my 
uh, leadership training at seminary, it was definitely a one-size cloning model hmm. for leadership. I remember taking, I think I've mentioned this on the our podcast earlier, I remember taking this, I had a class on leadership, and I took a profiling exam, it did all these different uh, evaluative sort of tools, and it came back, and I remember sitting down with my professor, and him telling me, well, I hope you don't plan on being a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. I mean, he didn't say those words, but he's yeah. like, well, you don't quite have the gifting to be a senior pastor or even a teaching pastor, but your gifting really fits well for like a youth pastor or a, hmm. a missions pastor. Did he did he outline like what he was, inter- you know, the tea leaves? Like what was he interpreting there? I, or think, like- I think what he was uh, interpreting as me not being a leader was that I didn't score very high uh, on the disc Evaluative tool, so the, d- the I didn't D. have a high D. Yeah, yeah. I'm not high a, D. Yeah. So what that meant? Here's how. Here's yeah. what that meant. Well, as a 27 year old, that meant that I began to not like that man. <laughs> but uh, said, he said bad things said, about me. He said bad words, mommy. Uh, but now, uh, what I think is the the model of leadership that has predominated in the church. We're talking about this a little bit about uh, leading alongside women in the church. We're going to talk about some of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. There, but. Um, is is a high D, high uh, hard charging, type A, aggressive, confident, Enneagram eight, uh, E and making things happen, ENTP making things happen, mastermind, CEO, extroverted, self promoter, charisma, self promoting, salesperson. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like uh, someone who instills confidence in other people by their presence in the room, and other people sort of lend and cast their trust onto them, sort of unwittingly. So, and if you're listening and you're one of those people, God bless you. We need we need redeemed, healthy people like that. But uh, except for maybe the self promoting thing, we don't, <laughs> we don't we don't need you to do that. Yeah, hey, yeah. pastors, no. we don't need you to do that anymore. No, if yeah. you would promote the Gravity Leadership Podcast, that would make you an incredible leader. <laughs> Speaking of self-promotion. Speaking of promotion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, we need people like that, but I I, I just think about my own life. I mean, that's not me. I'm a type B male, whatever that is. You know, I'm the, I'm the B side <laughs> of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my, How my, many sides are there? My masculine uh, superpower is that I have lower testosterone levels than most other men. Like, I just don't have this aggressive, uh, like, in your face, I'm going to win at all costs, hard charging, mm-hmm. I'll sleep when I'm... Dead, dead kind yeah. of uh, mentality. I wish I did sometimes. Um, that's another. That's gosh. Anyway, I should I should not extrovert my inner therapeutic thoughts. Um, <laughs> but I think I think we've we've seen like the full flowering and um, the full flowering of that kind of leadership in the church and in our culture. Mm-hmm. And all of us have stories about the destruction and devastation that that unchecked sort of um, culturally. Ex, uh, acceptable male leadership has done in our lives mm-hmm. and in people we care and they care for their lives. So I, th- I think for me, I took that message from my seminary prophet. Like I'm not the kind of leader that, that this institution wants to replicate. Like there's yeah. a model or a type and I'm, I don't fit yep. that. Yeah. So I, I get relegated the to the less important roles in the church. Right. There's right? a hierarchy. Yeah. Like you can't be a senior pastor or even a teaching pastor. I mean, that I noticed was, that was how you said that. Li- literally, yeah. <laughs> even you probably can't even be right. Yeah, but you went down to the third rung on the ladder, which is youth pastor. You can be a discipleship guy. 
yeah. right. spiritual groups. You'd be a groups pastor. How about how about that? Guy. You can visit people in the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the issues there is that we have this preconceived notion of what we're looking for in a leader and what it might mean to sort of replicate, uh, at, you know, that that kind of that kind of leader as the kind of leader we are. Um, I think though it still leaves open this issue of how do I how do I avoid the trap of you know so if if there's a critique there inherent in what you're saying Matt of like this this certain kind of leadership how do you avoid the trap then of only replicating somebody who looks like you you only find and seek out and and disciple people that lead like Matt like how would how, you know what I mean you know you know what I'm talking about yeah like how do you we- avoid making clones of yourself even if in your own leadership there is a an appropriate critique. Well, part of I think part of it just starts by owning the fact that we will always lead and disciple other people um, with uh, like unknowingly or unwittingly, as though we are leading ourselves. Hmm. Like we'll going, assume they need what we need. Yeah. So you know we're going to assume. So I remember people leading me, and they're like, "Here's some opportunity and permission. Aren't you excited?" And I'm like, "No, I don't. Doesn't really fire me up, right?" Mm-hmm. And other people are like. I'm going to tell you everything wrong with everything that's happening now. Are you ready to go? I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, like you, like you. Not, I'm nice and sad and angry. I'm ready to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I think it starts with having a a way of actually encountering people as they are, not as not as you are, and and giving them what they need to grow and flourish. Mm-hmm. And be empowered. Yeah. Right? So th- this is what keeps us from replicating minions, like little mini-me's. Mm-hmm. And rather, we can actually empower and release disciples who don't have to become who we are, but mm-hmm. can become who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the trap here, just to, be, just to make it clear, I, I think the trap is that we can unwittingly end up creating or attempting to create little clones of ourselves. And sometimes that's like an unwitting, like, Oh, I didn't. I hadn't had no idea I was even doing this. Um, but I think also the, the other thing, and we we touched on this right at the end of the last podcast, um, uh, Hardman. I think you had mentioned something about this. But part of it is like I think sometimes our desire to make disciples or replicate ourselves is kind of rooted in this in this almost like narcissistic desire to extend myself into the world. Like I want to have. Like some of the code words for this, not that it's always bad to say this, but some code words for this are like greater impact. Like sometimes what we mean when we say I want to have greater impact is like, I wish there was more of me to like impact the world. I want to colonize my domain. What's that Michael Keaton movie from back in the day where there's like multiplicity? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Come on. That's what we're. Yeah. So I, you know, I want, I want, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Multiplicity. That, Where there's I'm just kidding. more of there's there's clones of me running around so that I I can do more work so I can have greater impact so I can sort of extend my self capital S so we're not into the world yeah we're not saying we want we want to extend we we want to recruit people that will execute our will and manage our agendas for us in the way that we would right that's not what we're talking about no no that's not that's not yeah. th- that. It is a trap that I think we can fall into. I, and I think, honestly, it's the reason that some people are excited about disciple-making. But that's not what we're talking about. Wait, say more about that. Yeah. Why do you think people are... Why do, why do you think that? Um, well, I just... I see the way... I see the way that some people, 
you know, um, no names named, but like, so, we see the way that some people talk about disciple making. And what I see in the, the sort of the way that they talk about it and, and the, the methods that they're using and all of that kind of stuff, what I see is just the desire to kind of create more people who think and perceive the world like I do so that I can have greater impact. Like the, the belief is in my vision, the thing that I want to accomplish. And I'm, I'm, I get excited about disciple making because I think it means I can sort of colonize is a good word. Like I can sort of bring people into this orbit and then sort of live out my dreams through their energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. If, if discipleship is not about empowering others to become who God has called them to be, then it's not discipleship. Mm. And yes. so it's a laying down of our own power and strength so that we can lift up others to become. But there is there, there does need to be an acknowledgement that for me, uh, I mean, we, we have so many grids and diagnostics, like Matt just named, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs. We've got all these different ways of self-assessing and becoming more self-aware. And, and, and we do have to be honest and real that it's probably easier for me to disciple someone that is uh, around the same age as me, mm. someone that's probably a father of kids that are, you know, younger kids, it's somebody that is uh, an introverted apostle or prophet, mm. uh, like somebody who likes sports. Uh, like that's more fun for me to disciple people that are <laughs> like me. Like right. I like people that are like me. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I think a lot of times in church planning, what you see is you see pastors that only attract people that are like them. Uh, and and yeah. I think our strength becomes when we're not pastoring people that are like us or discipling people that are like us, but we're learning to disciple and pastor people who are completely different than us to become who Christ has called them to be. Yeah. And we're helping them accomplish the kingdom dreams that the Father's given them rather than simply calling them to our dreams. So the template in the church is that there's one guy who's allowed to dream and he stands up in front of the church and says, here's yeah. 50 ways that you can accomplish my kingdom dream right. rather than looking at your community and saying to them, every single one of you is the priesthood of all believers. All of you have kingdom dreams for your life and for your ministry and for, for, for your daily life. There's a reason why you live in the neighborhood you live. There's a reason you live in the context that you live in. There's a reason why you're a pastor or a shepherd or a prophet or an apostle or, or whatever you are. And mm -hmm. I want to come alongside of you and help you accomplish the dreams that Christ has given you. And so yeah. it becomes, the church becomes a place of equipping not a place of pushing out uh, this kind of Western model of radical takeover of the world with my particular dream or yeah. vision. Yeah, and you meant you mentioned this kind of offhand in your comment, and uh, I was I wanted to make sure we we talked about it. This for me is why the idea of the fivefold gifting in Ephesians four is a, is a helpful lens uh, mm -hmm. to think through. I, I don't think I'd want to say everything about it that other that others uh, like to say about it, like it's some, you know, I, I just think it's a helpful lens for me, kind of like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or, you know, what like it's just a helpful lens to see how people are wired up differently. Um, and it can be a helpful way for us to begin to notice people in our congregation who are gifted in different ways than we are. Um, but that doesn't mean they're sort of not called as a leader. It means they're called to lead in a different way. And so for, for us, it's been a really helpful lens to say, okay, who are the, like, how am I gifted? So what is, what is my lens? What's my perspective? And you were talking about this, Matt, when you were saying, like, owning that I have a perspective 
is the, is kind of the first part of it. Realizing that I I have a, a gifting and a you know something that I'm a perspective that I come from um, uh, is part of that uh, process of kind of working through that, and then beginning to sort of notice in my congregation um, who are the people uh, here that are um, you know that are gifted in different ways than I am. And, and is there a way for me to intentionally call them into discipleship, into development, um, into saying like, hey, part of, part of what this church needs is your energy, your gifting as a pastor or a shepherd or a, you know, an, an evangelist or, or whatever the, the gifting might be. Yeah, and we're running into that. We, I mentioned the College of Preachers last time. And there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people who don't have my style, my, my way of preaching, right? Mm-hmm. And they have different strengths, different weaknesses, and so the temptation for me is to simply take the way that I do it, presume it's the best way or the right way, and then try to squeeze people into sort of the mat mold. Yeah. And then and then some people who are like me, that'll be easier. Some people who aren't will feel uh, like they can never measure up or can't do it as well, right? Yeah. So for me, every week on the call, it isn't just evaluating a message and helping people craft a new one, but it's really discerning as a leader, <clears throat> who like, what, what's the Holy Spirit's voice in this person? Mm-hmm. Like, how is God created them in his image to to bear that and to, and to demonstrate that image as they proclaim the good news. And that's a, I mean, for me, it's like, it's really, it's not, there's no, there's no knowledge. There's no book I read and then just yeah. go apply it to this thing. But there's a really just like in the moment, discerning with the Holy Spirit, of trying to be wise, yeah. you know, like in fear and trembling, working that out with this group of people. Yeah. 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 Good. And it's not, it's not to say that you don't give them any framework. We do have a template for this. We have a framework. We have a, you know, things to think about um, as you're preparing your sermon. So I think that's where the tension comes in, is we do need to, like people learn through imitation, and so there is a sense in which uh, we've got to call people into saying, hey, try it like I do it, um, but not stylistically like I do it, but, but more like, hey, theologically, uh, here's some important things about this, you know. Um, and it is true. You work that out as you go. There's no other way. Like you, you don't get it perfect by like studying it for a year, and then trying it. You you perfect it as you go. You you work it out as you make mistakes and as you cultivate the kind of relationship with people that you're investing in that they can call you on that. Like they can and- they can tell you, hey, I feel like I can never measure up with you. Like, and then you can have a conversation and say, okay, well, what's going on there? Like, oh, maybe I am trying to squeeze you into something that. That you're not supposed to be squeezed into. Are we? Are we doing right? this now? Are we having this conversation? <laughs> no, this isn't a real. Oh, conversation. this isn't about. I me. don't feel like I. No. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying for example, Matt, stop trying to be like Ben. <laughs> uh, I I feel like uh, I feel like though when when you're young, you don't. It's particularly in preaching, you don't know your voice, right? Uh, and and you don't know necessarily how to lead, and so you do sometimes need an example that is in front of you that you can imitate. Yeah, and so there is a fine line between saying it's okay to imitate me for a while. I, I, that's how I learned how to preach. Truthfully, sure. is I just preached other people's sermons. When I, like like yeah. I just tried to sound like guys that I liked that preached. Mm-hmm. I tried to sound like my senior pastor who was leading me, 
And then what happened was along the way, I don't know, I got my 10,000 hours or whatever that principle is. And, and I started to find my own voice yes. in this and figure out who I was and how to do it. Yeah. And so there's a fine line between it's okay to call some people to imitation in some areas, particularly when they don't have a level of competency in it or when they're growing in their competency in it. But just don't call them to say, this is the only way to do it. Totally. And you have to do it exactly my way. Yeah. Um, give freedom. So I can remember being a young pastor and and one of the pastors that was mentoring me like loved to get out in the woods and escape and into solitude. And he kept forcing me, uh, I guess forcing <laughs> me for as you. much as yeah. as much as somebody else could. Like you've got to, here's what you got to do. You got to take a day off and you got to go to a cabin in the woods by yourself and there's no power at the cabin. And Right. And I went and like, it was the worst experience of my life. And I think I went and watched a movie like three hours into it and felt shame <laughs> and guilt because I wasn't <laughs> able to sit in the woods and camp. Yeah. Um, like, so there's a fine line between saying, Hey, this is something that I found really helpful for me. I love to go camping and I love to do this thing. And I find God there versus mm. you have to do this to find God and discover God. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a fine line between calling people to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's an important thing. Uh, it's an important thing to offer people examples to imitate, and we've talked about that a lot. And that that I think is an important. I mean, the 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 relationship for discipleship to parenting. I mean, it's explicit in the scriptures, right? <laughs> um, but I also think it's really really helpful for us to keep that in mind um, when we're thinking about. Uh, how we make disciples, because just like there is, you know, in the church, as we've been talking about, this temptation to sort of colonize people, to make them into clones of myself so I can extend myself into the world, there's a kind of parenting that attempts to do that as well, right? Where we we attempt to live out our dreams, our, you know, our, our sports dreams, like we notice our kid is good at soccer, and we're like, oh, this is going to be great. Everything I didn't get to do I'm going to live out through my kid, you know, put all this pressure on him to like be the person that I wish I could have been, you know, I mean, the, we, we hear examples of this uh, all the time. Um, and I think it's the same way in, in discipleship. So uh, just to kind of synthesize and, and summarize some of these things, number one, we're talking about like, how, how do I prevent myself from uh, colonizing and cloning, attempting to clone uh, people, clone myself uh, as I'm making disciples. Number one, really do your work. Like you, like, you really have to be aware of that temptation, and it is in all of us. It's not like there's really bad leaders out there who are narcissistic. We all have a tendency to want to sort of, you know, do the multiplicity thing. Yeah, what God wants to do through you, he will first do in you. This yeah. comes back to our axiom. Yeah. There is no shortcut to your own work. Yeah. You can't lead around a vacuous yeah. uh, a heart that's full of ambition, that's full of needing approval, yeah, that will come out in the way you relate to others, whether you want it to or not. Yes, there's right. So you can't you can't collect a bunch of skills about making disciples and not actually just do your work. Like a really big part of it is do your work. Yeah, you know. So number one, do your work. Number two, I, I'll just say this. Yeah, yeah. I think this is why Peter is the rock on whom the church is built because uh, of every he is the one in the New Testament who does the most work. He does. Because he's so willing to look foolish in front of Jesus and the rest of his over posse. and over and over again. Yeah, there's a that's a good that that'd be a good uh, thing to explore maybe on the podcast. Yeah, at some point next time. A mental note. Um, <clears throat> so that's the first thing. Do your work. Second thing is um, make sure you're aware 
uh, you know, and use the fivefold as a lens or some other lens, that's fine. But make sure you're aware that you're coming at this from a certain perspective and be intentional to call people who are not like you into d- investment and discipleship and development. Um, that will force the issue for you to be able to see the ways that you are trying to squeeze people into your mold because people will resist it and they won't they won't thrive yeah, when that, you're trying to do that. That's actually an apologetic for, for multi, multiple leaders, so yes. a, a co-leadering or a multiplicity of leaders, because I can't image to everybody uh, the kind of leader they need to be. Right. Right? Uh, that's one of the common things uh, that I've heard from, um, in particular, women that have... Uh, that I've that I've been in ministry alongside of, they're like you. You help me a lot, but I I just can't see myself in you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and so th- they're getting back to what you were saying, Hardman, about they realize there's an imitation sort of aspect to leadership and discipleship, but they have a larger jump to make yeah. in their minds. What they tell me uh, f- between like not only f- not only in terms of competencies or character, or whatever, but just in terms of gender, it's really difficult for them to imitate a man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good. So, first thing, do your work. Second thing, make sure you're discipling people who are who are not like you. Um, that'll bring up the right kinds of issues. Um, multiple leaders uh, helps here. Um, a multiplicity of leaders. Um, the third thing I'm hearing is uh, helping people go beyond just imitating you, which is oftentimes a, a, an important prerequisite, into uh, innovating or incarnating is a word I like there. Uh, where they're actually uh, able to, in flesh, become the person that God's called them to be with the gifts that God's given them, right? So make room for that. Um, don't assume that everybody's going to look like you. Um, and I think that there's a there's a fourth thing here that, like, remember that the goal of discipleship is apostleship. Like, Jesus was developing his disciples into people who could go, mm-hmm. who could go to various places, and not all the apostles went to the same place, and not all the apostles... Uh, did the same kinds of things, you know. Um, the, the, some of them stayed in Jerusalem. Others, you know, like the Apostle Paul, went all over the place. And so there's different giftings, there's different callings. Um, don't hold on to people assuming, hey, I invested in you, now you need to <laughs> pay me back by, like, just being part of my ministry forever. Ugh. Assume that part of what God will do is call them into things that may not involve you. Yeah, it's great, Ben. Sending is success. Yeah, and, and all of us are trying to create a coaching tree per se, you know, like right. a, like, a, like a college coach or an NBA coach who's got a group of people that have served under them and then go off and become their own head coaches or do their own thing. That's that's success. That's that's winning is sending. Yes. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I think that's probably good for today. I want to read. I want to read this quote I thought of as I was thinking about this. Um, this is from a book uh, on parenting, actually, by a guy named Andrew Solomon. I think that gets uh, to the heart of what we're talking about here. In this book, he called it's called uh, "Far from the Tree." In this book, he says this: "There is no such thing as reproduction. When two people decide to have a baby, they engage in an act of production." In the subconscious fantasies that make conception look so alluring, it is often ourselves that we would like to see live forever not someone with a personality of his own. So just like I think uh, parenting, there's an allure of trying to live forever through parenting. I think discipleship can be the same way. So it's one more call for us to just do our work. That's what Westworld's all about, trying to live forever. But that's another podcast. It is another podcast, but you're right. That's, uh, that's what that's all about. Well, guys, good work. We did it. I praise God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. <laughs> and I'm glad God has a plan for my life. <laughs>
Hey, and I will not be like a dog returning to his <laughs> uh, That's good. Uh, speaking of things that don't taste like vomit, uh, we appreciate you listening to our podcast, yes. returning week after week. Um, you can always email us, podcast at gravityleadership.com. Obviously, we take comments and emails seriously to heart. We love to interact. Uh, we hope to see you at one of our upcoming events. If not, we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future episode. And join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful in our work as local pastors and practitioners of discipleship and mission. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.